You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. It comes up. Come on, church, give God some praise this morning. I was back there sitting, and I was saying to my brother back there, Brother Josh, I was like, maybe God is doing something. I don't got to get up here this morning. And then I might get rebuked by Pastor Art, amen. <laughs> but uh, I'm just grateful to be here this morning. Uh, God is good, church. You know, regardless of what we go through sometimes, and, and when we're caught in the crevices of life, uh, sometimes we just need to be reminded how good God is. And God is good. Even when we can't see the final result, God is good. I don't know who that is for this morning, but God is still good. I understand that we are struggling. We all are struggling. Let me tell you, some of us are struggling in our finances, in our marriage. Some of us are struggling in our bodies. But sometimes it just if we would just begin to praise him, we would come out of that thing. Sometimes when we praise, chains are broken. Do you understand what I'm saying today? I'm just trying to, and I'm just, listen, I, I, I'll get to the word for a second, but, but sometimes we need to be reminded what we came out of and where we are now. You understand? Some of us were in crack houses. Some of us were, were handcuffed. Some of us didn't know where we were going to go. Some of us were going to blow our brains out, but God stepped in. And if you love God like you see, you ought to give God some praise this morning. You may not have everything that you, that you want, but you have everything that you need. You're still alive. Come on, church. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I feel a fire all of a sudden. Amen. I want to give honor to God, who is the author and finisher of my faith. Without God, I am nothing. I am nothing more than dry bones. I want to give honor to our pastors who are gone. Let's pray for them. Let's hold them up. You know, they give a lot. I was not here over 14 or 15 years ago when they first started the ministry. Amen. Um, I'm, I'm the fruit of what they went through of what they suffered. And when I came here, um, I wasn't necessarily unsaved, but I was broken. And many of you remember when I got here, I, was, uh, I wasn't married. I, I was just, I had been over living over in Asia and I, was, and I thought I was doing the work of the Lord, but I was, I was really dry bones. I needed to be just reignited again. And this church was a part of that. The Lord used this church to bring me back to life. I don't know if there's somebody in here who has that same testimony, amen, but it certainly happened for me. So I want to give Honor to our pastors who God brought here all the way from California because they have sacrificed so much that we can't even understand, even the private things that they don't talk about, the things that they would never talk amongst any of us. They've gone through. They've gone through private pain, uh, but their glory will be ascended among many, though. I prophesy that'll happen this in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to just give honor to my family. I'm learning how to be a better man, church. I'm learning how to be a better man. Sometimes I fail and fall short. I love my family, but I'm still just a man. And I'm learning how to be a man and be a father where there was no father present in my life. Pray for me. Amen. Pray for my family as they are learning how to, 
how to accept me for who I am. Amen. Um, I just want to thank my wife for being here today. I, our, our little daughter is back there. I'm telling you, she's like a gremlin now. No, for real. She was gizmo from one to six months. She's spiked now. Okay. I love her to death, and I'm not talking bad about her, but my wife knows it. Let me tell you something. Let me show you how she did me the other day. Now, this now the devil is a liar. So I had her in my head. So she, she's going through this little hitting phase now, you know? So she's like, ah, and she'll hit. And I'm like, and I looked at her, I'm like, you know, the Bible says to honor thy mother and thy father. She was like, ah. I'm like, Lucy, the blood of Jesus. <laughs> I swear she did. I was like, you know what? You better go sit down somewhere. But she rules the roost, you know, and she's, she's you know, she, she runs around now and, and you know, like, you know, I, I, I threatened to tap her little legs. I said, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to tap your little legs. She's looking like, yeah, right. You ain't going to do nothing, boy, you know, but, but, you know, I'm just grateful to have a family. And so, um, you know, they start early. They get their little personalities early. And so, you know, I have to, I have to remember that, you know, the way I was raised and, and the way I'm is a little bit different. I came up in a time where there was no timeout. The only timeout was from my mom taking a timeout, whooping my behind. Amen. That's the only timeout I had. Amen. Some of you understand what I'm talking about. Amen. But that, that's what I came from. But when, my wife's back there like, you ain't hitting my baby like that. <laughs> Let me get on into the word for I'll be sleeping on the couch tonight. Amen. <laughs> but seriously, though, church, you know, we uh, all jokes aside, we just want to we, we want to enjoy ourselves today. But but there's a serious message in all this. You know, there's so much going on in which so many people are struggling. So many people are looking for purpose and looking for destiny, but are lost. And I believe the Lord is impressing upon us today to have that conversation in the spirit world. You understand what I'm saying? Come on, church. Uh, the, the, the scripture that we're going to be coming out of is Matthew 13, uh, 53 through 58. That's Matthew 13, 53 to 58. God is good, church. And all the time, God is good. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. That's Matthew 13, 53 through 58. And you, when you get there, just say amen. Amen. Matthew 13, 53 through 58. And it reads as such. When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue. And they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles. Somebody say many miracles. Uh, they're because of their lack of faith. Come on, church, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, Lord, we ask that you take residence over this atmosphere. There is so much that so many people are going through. But, Lord, if we could only just draw in for a little while, we believe that miracles will happen right here, right now. We ask that your blood would cover everyone in this place, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Lord, whatever we've come in with that we are struggling with, we ask that we would lay it down on the altar right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, because you paid the cost for everything that we are going through. By your stripes, 
we are healed. We are healed in our finances. We are healed in our marriages. We are healed on our jobs. We are healed in our bodies. In the name of Jesus, God, we ask right now that those that are not here, Lord, I ask that something would begin to stir them up like never before. Lord, there are people right now in this city that are looking for something, people who have been violated by people who call themselves Christians. We ask right now that right where they are, that you would remind them that you love them right where they are. In the precious and mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for what is going to happen. We thank you for deliverance. You are kind, Lord. You are sovereign. You are good. In the precious and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. Church, I got a question this morning. What you going to do? What you going to do? Yeah, see, here's the thing, church. You know, in our society, uh, we are often confronted with two types of people. Uh, those that talk, right, and those that actually do. Uh, and it seems like the more mature we become or the older we get, uh, it becomes uh, more obvious in recognizing those who don't just talk about it, but those who are actually really about it. Uh, this generation would say that they are about that life a little bit, amen? Uh, but there's some truth in that. And it's especially when you begin to talk to people that are older and are elders, uh, right? You can talk to elders right here at Praise Chapel. They probably will tell you how things used to be. Uh, people tended to have a sense of pride on their jobs and in their families, and their families were of importance, and neighbors had a general respect for one another. We talked about the good old days, and, but these same elders will more than likely tell you that people have changed nowadays, especially when you are talking about the current state of our churches, uh, where maybe 30 years ago we would take a meal to someone's house who was sick. Now we post about their sickness on Facebook. Yeah, see, uh, back in the day, people could discipline each other's kids for acting up in church, but now folks will cuss you out if you say anything to their baby, even though when their child is acting like the plum devil. Yeah, okay, I'm going to keep going. See, church, years ago, the church would cast out demons and folks would get delivered right there at the altar. Nowadays, we want our deliverance to happen on our own terms. Oh, yeah, see, and brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you this morning that if order is to be reestablished back into the house of God, we are going to have to take action. Church, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah, see, what are you going to do when the perilous times that we talk about and read about in the Bible get worse than what they already are? What are you going to do when people come into the church searching for something more? What are we going to do, church, when the broken need a word from the Lord? What are we going to do when the violated need a safe space? What are we going to do when the enemy rears his ugly head like he did last year on October 1st when a gunman sat at the Mandalay Bay and dispatched 50 lives? Come on, somebody. What are we going to do when the victims of abuse come looking to be made whole again? What are we going to do when the tattoo parlor next door and the bar next to us becomes curious about the church in the corner. Ah, uh, yeah, see, what are you going to do, church, when the addicted can't get high anymore, and now they need a spiritual fix? Church, I'm asking you this morning, what are we going to do because something needs to be done? Whew. 
my God. Yeah, see, it's put up or shut up now, church, more than it ever has been. Uh, see, oh, my God. If you believe that, see, this is the thing. If you really, truly believe that, then you have to really process, process this thing this morning. Now, watch this. Church, in Matthew 13, 53 through 58, there were a group of people who were listening to Jesus, but they were asking the wrong questions. They were concerned about this man who walked among them that taught so effectively that people dropped everything that they loved and everything that they owned and followed them. That's how powerful Jesus' teaching was. My God from glory. Now, instead of asking, instead of them asking in the text, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to follow Jesus? Watch this. The text says in verses 54 through 56, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they ask. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brother's names James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters here with us? Where then did this man get all of these things? The Bible is telling us, church, that they were amazed before they asked this question. But here's the thing. There was a motive in them even asking the question in the first place. And you know what that motive was? Let me tell you. It says it right here in verse 57. The Bible declares that the same people asking about him took offense at him. Uh, they were talking, but there was no action. They were talking, but there was no action. Praise chapel. I asked a question of what are we going to do? What you going to do? And truthfully, can I ask, can I, can I, can I be honest? I don't have all the answers myself because here's the thing. I'm not God. I'm only a man. However, I believe that God is speaking to us today to, to have a few things to share with you. Uh, if we are going to answer this question properly and be pleasing in the sight of God, the first thing that we have to do is stand our ground. We have to stand our ground, church. If we are truly, truly going to answer this question, we have to stand our ground. Now, let me, I'm going to explain something to you. I grew up in the hood in Columbus, Ohio. And this question, what are you going to do, was not a spiritual question when I was growing up. It was not. When somebody said to you, what, are, what, what you going to do, it was usually meant what you going to do and a fight was about to break out. I got asked that question quite a bit when I was younger. You know, who does this kid think he is? He thinks he's smarter than everybody? He thinks because his mom looks different than everybody in the neighborhood? What, does he think he's different because he gets to go to a Catholic school his junior and senior year? And usually when they had something to say, they would meet me with, what you going to do? So I had two choices. I could be like, nothing, or I could knuckle up. Okay, so I wasn't saved then, so you, you, you decide what you think I did. Yeah, okay, yeah, I knuckled up. Yeah, okay, but here's the thing, church. The people in that synagogue who were given the privilege of listening to Jesus teach missed their opportunity to take action. Yeah, see, they were talking when they should have been doing. You ever met somebody, all they do is talk and no action. Yeah, they're not about that action, boss. Ain't that what Marshawn Lynch says? Ain't about that action, boss. Uh, they were so concerned with his background, talking about Jesus, and who he was related to, because they were really saying amongst themselves, get this, who does he think he is? That's what they were saying about the living God. But he had stood his ground long before they were born, and long before they were running their mouths, church. 
he had stood his ground. Can I tell you something? He stood his ground. Jesus was conditioned to stand his ground from the time he was a little boy teaching grown men. That's Bible. He stood his ground when he was tempted in the wilderness. That's when he stood his ground. Let me tell you something. The problem was that the people in his hometown of Nazareth couldn't bring themselves to believe his transformation from a child to the savior of the world. Have you ever had somebody that couldn't really accept your transformation? Maybe you used to, maybe you used to smoke a little weed, maybe you used to be out there, maybe you used to be in a gang, and then all of a sudden God got a hold of you and something began to change. You couldn't really necessarily understand it, but you just knew that something had to change in your life. And then as soon as you begin to change, as soon as you begin to come to church, and as soon as you begin to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, then you started hearing the haters. What are you doing up in there? Don't you know who your brother is? Don't you know how many people you robbed? Don't you know how much crack you smoked? Don't you know how much heroin you sold? All of these things used to happen. But when God transforms you, when he has something over your life, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what people says. God has the final say because God doesn't look at the outer appearance. God looks at, oh my God, <laughs> hallelujah. Yeah, see, I'll say this. Let me say this. The moment we begin to be modeled into the purpose God intended, people are going to start running their mouths. Okay, let me share with you something. I'm going to share something with you that the great theologian Bruce Lee once said. <laughs> the doubter said, this is what he said. The doubter said, men, man can't fly. The doer said, somebody say doers. The doer said, maybe, but we'll try. And finally soared in the morning glow while non-believers watched from below. <laughs> My God from glory. That's powerful. This is a man that was not a Christian. The people who doubted that Jesus was the Christ would eventually be witnesses to his power and glory, church. My Lord. And that takes us to our second thing. I'm not going to preach long, I promise. If we are going to answer the question, we are going to have to be the right kind of witnesses. We are going to have to be the right kind of witnesses. Church, here's the problem that we should be talking about this morning. There are two types of witnesses. There are effective witnesses and there are really bad witnesses. The older saints will tell you, your witness means everything. There are those that have powerful testimonies and those that kill their testimonies by how they act. Okay, let me give you an example. How many of you know Aretha Franklin died just recently? So Aretha Franklin died, right? And so you had all these stars that were there and you had all these dignitaries and presidents sitting up on the stage, right? Now, she, she was in there, and there's been some controversy about what she had on and what kind of dress she, and she, she shouldn't have been in the church and, and, and had this, all this stuff, right? But here's the problem. As she was up there, you could see the men behind her visibly talking about her. And I'm telling you, I know what I know. It was not spiritual what they were talking about. Now, regardless of how you feel about Ariana Grande, regardless of what you think about her as a person, can I help somebody today? That girl's been through hell this year. Let me explain to you a little bit of why I know that. Because a year ago, around this same time, she had a concert over in London, and two suicide bombers detonated themselves, and 20 people lost their lives. That's what happened. Then she goes 
to a church to honor someone she looked up to, and a pastor broke and killed his witness and touched her inappropriately. It was inappropriate. I don't care what nobody says. It was inappropriate. He shouldn't have put his hands on somebody's daughter, but he did it. Then the boy that she was with for a long time killed himself just two days ago. Now, here's an opportunity for a pastor or a group of pastors who were so spiritual like they said they were to put their hands around this, this, this young girl and say, baby, I don't know what you've been going through, but here's the thing. Whatever you're going through, I just want to pray for you. But instead, they killed their testimony by how they acted. Okay. Church, Jesus could have killed his witness by lashing out at his haters. But the Bible declares that Jesus said to them in verse 57, that a prophet is not without honor except in his own town and among his own home. You know what he was saying in that moment? He's basically telling them, I already know you're not feeling me, but guess what? I'm going to bless you anyhow. Are we at a point right now that we can say, I know how you feel about me. I know that you don't like me, but, I, but guess what? I'm going to bless you anyhow. Don't answer that. What are you going to do, church? Yeah, come on, somebody. Here we go. In fact, the text goes on to say in verse 58, he did not do many miracles. Somebody say many miracles. There, because of their lack of faith, he didn't cuss nobody out. He didn't touch nobody inappropriately. He wasn't laughing on those stages. He wasn't, he wasn't in the wrong place at the wrong time. Regardless of everybody else, he still did the miracle. Whew. Let me tell you, he didn't have to do nothing. Truthfully, let me tell you something. If he was anything like us, if he was anything like people today, he could have snapped his fingers. I know some of y'all seen the, the, the Marvel movie where the guy snapped his fingers and everybody died. I know some of us wished. Okay, yeah, all right. I'm going to keep going. Praise chapel. Christ didn't start an argument in the temple. So let me ask you a question. Why would we be starting smoke on Facebook? I'll wait. Why do we start smoke on Facebook with people? Why do we get into arguments? We get into political arguments with people. We do all kinds of things. We get angry. We talk about folks. We get on our jobs. We do all of this stuff, right? Have we healed anybody lately? Okay, yeah. Ooh, I'm gonna keep going though. Christ didn't tell them they were going to hell in a Ferrari like we do, right? We tell folks they're going to hell. So why are we putting people in there when somebody prayed us out of hell? Ooh, okay. In spite of their issues with Christ, he still worked on their behalf. Can we say the same thing? That in spite of folks around us, in spite of our family members, in spite of that person on our job that we hate, in spite of that person that cut us off, we're going to bless you anyhow. I don't know. I'm still a work in progress. My wife will tell you, when somebody cuts me off, I'm not always so spiritual. The Incredible Hawk wants to come out like shirt, like right in. But <laughs> that's just the truth. None of us have it all together. But we're all work in progress. And we're here. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I don't care if I'm up here preaching or not. I'm just a man. Folks make me hot just like everybody else in here. Let me tell you something. If somebody was messing with one of y'all, I might step out there with, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, Pastor, I know Pastor's going to listen to this message like, man, what are you talking about? <laughs> Seriously, though, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> are we in a position to do that today, to bless someone, 
are we the wrong kind of witness? What kind of witness are we? Okay, I'm going to let you answer that on your own. I believe God is challenging all of us, me included, to become better witnesses. He's challenging us, church. But let me tell you something. It's never too late to become the right kind of witness. Can I be honest? It'll take some work. But it's never too late to be the right kind of witness. We all struggle and fall short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible declares. But let me tell you something. When you are the right kind of witness, people, generations, communities can be shifted because of who you know, which is Christ Jesus. Jesus shifted a generation, and we are the fruits of that generation. Do you understand that he was the right kind of witness? Come on, give God some praise. Yeah. Hallelujah. What change will you bring when people begin to question your belief in Jesus? What change will you truly bring? What are you going to do, church? Here's the last thing, and, and, and the, the praise team can come because I told you I'm not preaching long. If we are going to answer the question of what we are going to do, we need some backup. We need some backup. You know what our backup is? The Holy Spirit. We need some backup. We can't do it on our own. You see, Jesus said before he did many wonders, before he even did the things that he did, he reminded us that the spirit of the Lord was upon him. Don't you understand, church? Let me, I really want to paint the picture for you. And this, and this is the truth. The spirit of the Lord was unmeasured in Jesus. It was unmeasured in him. You know what that means? That means he could do anything, anything at any time. That's how powerful Jesus was. Let me tell you, he was so powerful that the old preachers used to say, when he, when he raised Lazarus up, Lazarus got up. But if he would have just said, God, get up, the dead from Adam would have got up. That's how powerful Jesus was. The spirit was so unmeasured. I hear my daughter back there screaming. <laughs> Christ has given us an advocate, which is the Holy Spirit, church. He has given us that advocate. And with it, we are capable of preaching the good news, of healing the sick, and restoring sight to the blind. The issue is that many of us question this very thing, like those people who question Jesus in the synagogue. We question it. Do I have enough? You absolutely do have enough. But the problem is, can I tell you, we listen to everybody else talk. We create our own synagogues, and we have people questioning who we are instead of letting God speak to us about who we are. Don't you know who you are? Don't you know what was sacrificed on your behalf? You are an investment. You are a spiritual investment. Christ gave everything so that you could be here. And he's given you, he's given you an advocate, which is the Holy Spirit, as a guide to not only help yourself and to bring yourself out, but to help others and help bring them out. Come on, give God some praise, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.